Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Lori. And today we are thrilled to have Denali, also known as El Ducho Thrift, here to chat with us. Yay! Lori and I have received so many questions surrounding eBay. And to be honest with all of you, we are not experts. And I wouldn't feel comfortable providing you information, and neither would Lori. So... We don't want to misinform you based off of our experiences. <laughs> yeah, I am by no means an expert. I have a little experience with eBay, but it's not really my comfort zone. So we asked our friend in eBay Pro, Denali, if she would join us for this podcast to talk about all things eBay, sourcing, and entrepreneur life. All right, everyone, grab a pen and paper, a cup of coffee, and settle in for an informative but fun episode with us. Denali, thank you so much for being here. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited. Yes, this is going to be so much fun. It is a treat to have you. So Denali, maybe quickly you can just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, maybe a quick background and how long you've been reselling or whatever you want to tell us about your reselling, the start of your reselling journey. Yeah. Um, so I'm Denali and <laughs> I'm a full-time reseller. I've been full-time since July of 2017. So coming up on three years now, which is kind of cool to say. Um, Prior to reselling, I had a career uh, in human resources, um, which was a lot of fun. But eventually, my commute really burned me out. I was driving anywhere from like 45 to 90 minutes one way, which is not so fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and, And I've always been a I guess, side hustle seller. I, I used to call it um, liquidating my assets. Like whenever I needed money, I was just like, what could I find in my house to sell? <laughs> Nothing is safe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Person. So, <laughs> yeah. So, and I, you know, I started doing eBay back, um, I, I think it was somewhere around like 1997. So mm-hmm. I've, I've been on the platform for a long time, but never consistently sold on there. I knew people sold full time on there, but I didn't know what they sold and where they got all this stuff to sell. So it really wasn't until um, I think like the fall of 2016, like fall or winter of 2016, that I somehow stumbled uh, via the internet onto the reselling community. And I discovered that people were selling clothing uh, amongst other things, but clothing was the part that intrigued me the most. And so I, it immediately clicked for me. It felt like, oh my gosh, this was a thing I was supposed to be doing this whole time. And I kind of threw myself into it. I told my husband pretty early on after discovering it that it was like, this is what I want to do. I feel, oops, sorry, that was my Bluetooth speaker. I feel, (laughs) I feel, I feel, uh, I feel passionate about it. And I started to kind of make an exit plan from my job. And yeah, so then about it's so exciting months. when like things come into focus like that when oh my gosh yeah you have that moment and you're like wow this is this is it like I, I wasn't yeah. sure what it was but now I know you know that's yes so and it just yeah and I you know maybe that's in my personality I've always um for better or worse been like that like when something makes sense for me I I I'm like this is what I'm doing now and I kind of don't look back I'm kind of like no regrets like let's right. do this and you're all in I'm all in 110%, even if the plan isn't exactly clear. Right. Oh <laughs> You'll my God. figure it out. 
I, I'll figure it out because, and I, I feel even more confident as the years pass by because it's always worked for me. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, it, it will always work out. It will always find, you know, I, I always kind of know at the end of the day, it's like, I'm a really hard worker. Like I know I can make something work because of my ability to get things done, you know, and I think that above anything else will give you success in life. And so, yeah. So then I went full time and here I am. So how long, <laughs> the was, the how long yeah. was the transition from the time you like mentioned that to your husband to your mm -hmm. actual exit plan? It was about six months. So it really was like winter 2016 when I discovered the reselling community. I, I knew, like I said, that it was like, Oh, this is what I want to do. Um, yeah. I, I, I think I just started reselling some more stuff. Like it was like, oh, let's just start doing this a little bit. And then I made a decision to tell my work. I gave them two months notice, which I would never recommend anyone oh, to give two I, months I notice. I remember this in Leslie's podcast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah two <laughs> months is, that. yeah, two months is extremely generous, but not necessary. Um, two weeks for a reason, you know, I, and I say that just because, um, you know, I, the employee starts to check out the employer, I think also starts to, uh, just take advantage that we've got two months, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. things don't fall into place as quickly as they kind of need to, you know, it's kind of like of, once you turn the page, it's like, just move on. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I gave two months, uh, which was, you know, I, uh, during that time, I will say I, I was continuing to build my business up, um, in preparation of going full-time. Wow. That's very impressive. I have to say. Um, so Denali, my next question for you is Poshmark or eBay, like where you started on eBay, you're, you're just saying that when did you transition into Poshmark? Mm -hmm. And then I guess side question to that is which one would you consider your primary platform? Yeah. So I started on Poshmark, I think, so I went full time in July of 2017. And then I think it was January 2018 when I must have listed January or February of 2018 when I listed my first item on Poshmark. I had heard of the platform. I didn't totally understand it. Um, but I had seen that there, uh, that Poshmark was coming to Seattle for a Posh Party Live. And I, you know, once you start reselling full time, <laughs> you realize that it's like, this is a little bit of a lonely job, which yeah. I'm okay with because I, you know, I like being alone. Um, <laughs> I'm an introvert. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't a huge deal, but it, it, you know, I realized that it would be helpful to network and find other like-minded people in my area. And so I decided, okay, well, I want to go to this party, but I don't sell in there. So I better list something. So I just listed a few items so I could have made it official on there. <laughs> yeah. Make it, uh, make it official. And yeah, so I went to this party and it was a lot of fun and I connected with people in the area and that kind of snowballed for me in terms of meeting other resellers. Uh, but, but what do you know? I listed an item and it sold mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay, this is, this is cool. Let's keep doing this. Um, to, you know, now present day, eBay is my main platform. eBay is my bay. Uh, <laughs> I make the most amount of my money there. I think sometimes people are surprised to hear that. I think people think I might be a Poshmark seller. Um, but then once I started doing my what sold videos on YouTube, people were like, Oh, she makes 90% of her income on eBay and about, you know, probably 
on. I'm always offer. fascinated when yeah. I watch your videos and you're like, yeah, so I sold, I don't know. I think when we said like eight items on Poshmark. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, man, but yet your sales were like 3000 for the week. And I'm always like, wow. Like it, it, it honestly just makes me pause because I also started on eBay and, uh -huh. um, and I believe you, my good friend, the bins queen, Rafaela, who I work yeah. with, mm -hmm. um, she was selling on Poshmark and eBay and she was ahead of her time or ahead of me. And we were working together at American girl. And, um, it was so, I remember asking her a thousand questions about Poshmark and I was so intimidated to start Poshmark because mm -hmm. eBay was my comfort zone. But then right. once I crossed over, like something happened. To me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, for Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, I, I, I just, I don't even know where I was going with that. I'm just fascinated by how one, one sided it is or how heavily weighed and you're listing equally, like everything you list on eBay. Do you also list on Poshmark or are you like, um, singling out brands for each platform? No, I cross list pretty much everything. And people ask me that pretty often, like, how do you decide what goes on Poshmark? And the answer is I don't, I'll put anything on Poshmark. And that's the great part about Poshmark is that, you know, there's no listing fee like there is on eBay. Right. So right. There, for me, there's no reason to just not throw everything on there. Um, mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I, I've worked in retail before for a major department store. And one of the things that I learned while working there is to never underestimate any, anyone's buying power. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't limit myself by saying, Oh, well, I'm only going to sell young trendy brands on Poshmark because I believe in my mind that's the shopper there. You know, I know that there are men and women of every age who shop on that platform. Now, I agree. You really can't make assumptions. Nope. You can't. And I've sold some weird stuff on Poshmark items that people would probably be surprised sold on that platform. And tell for, me, tell uh, me something weird you've sold on. Oh, yeah, I'm curious. I want yeah. to know. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of one. Um, so I sold probably, I don't know, sometime in the past six months, this like rent, I mean, it looked like a Renaissance dress, like something you would wear to a Renaissance fair. I would think eBay for that. Yeah, right, totally. Yeah. Um, and it sold for over, definitely over a hundred. I don't remember exactly. Oh my God. What the wow. Yeah. And sold fairly quickly. I was shocked because, you know, I had looked up comps for it on on eBay. I rarely look up comps on Poshmark. I always kind of go with eBay first. Um, mm -hmm. Me too. And so I thought, I thought for sure it was like, okay, this will sell, you know, on eBay, but I put it up on there. Cause like I said, I don't, I, I right, don't, why not? Um, right. Like why not? So yeah. That's, and did I you also, kind of yeah, that's so interesting to me. And then you have, do you still have a, you have a VA, correct? Yeah, I do have a VA. I've, been working with her for, I think it's been two, I want to say it's been two years, but somehow it like doesn't feel like that long, but for a long time. Very fast. Yeah. And, and did, were you cross posting to both platforms before you had a VA or is it something that, you know, you were able to kind of up, up that amount once you had some assistance or yeah, were you so, doing it anyways? Um, so I, w I think I was, I was doing it myself in the beginning and then I realized Poshmark was, is just, it's kind of a lot of work, <laughs> you know, people, oh my are, God. Scared. Yeah, people are scared of eBay, but eBay is so simple. It's like set it and forget it. Poshmark, mm -hmm. it, you know, it's like, okay, I had to list the items and then you have to share the items and then you have to make offers and do all these, 
different things. And, um, being that it was my second platform, I was like, I I don't want to do these things anymore. So that's when I hired a virtual assistant to help me with that, um, cross posting and sharing and stuff like that. Um, you know, the tasks have changed a little bit now through the year, uh, year, years. I don't know if it's plural yet, but, um, you know, like now I'm using a cross posting tool, um, because for me, it's, that the cross posting tool is cheaper than what I would pay her. And I can do it really quickly. Um, I don't know if you're okay with me saying the name of the cross posting. 100% tool that I you use. Can say it. Okay. Yep. So yeah, so I use, I use Vendu and I've tried list perfectly as well. Um, I like Vendu um, for cross posting because literally it's like one minute per listing to cross post. Like I can bang them out like so quickly. It goes um, so fast. It's amazing. It goes crazy mm-hmm. fast. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have, you know, I didn't have that experience with list perfectly. Unfortunately, it felt like it was taking mm, probably like four minutes. Start oh, really? to mm-hmm. Yeah. It's list perfectly. And it takes me about a minute as well. <laughs> that's funny. Well, and that's the thing is like, I haven't used you're, it since the beginning. Yeah, it's probably, I think whatever you're using quick, whatever you're used to using, I think goes fast. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a Vendu girl as well. And you know what, um, this is regarding Vendu, but, um, I was just talking to a, uh, reseller friend who actually drafts everything on Vendu now. And then it's almost mm-hmm. like her home base and she manages yeah. it. Do you do that too, Denali? Or do you like list on eBay and then cross book? Cause I, primarily do everything on Poshmark and then I will, yeah. then I'll log into Vendu and like pull up my Poshmark listing and cross list to eBay. But this yeah, friend so, does everything on the platform. Yeah. I know that's like a feature of it. And I think that's actually not like, that's a great way I think to list because you can, you can just build the listing on there and then you literally hit the button and it like will push it live to all four of the platforms. I that they offer or service. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I don't, um, because my virtual assistant, she builds drafts for me on eBay. So basically what her duties are, are, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, all sorts of items and photograph them. And then I send her the photographs and the measurements along with like the inventory SKUs for her. Um, and she builds the drafts on eBay for me. Uh, she does everything but the price. Um, and so, you know, we're in different time zones. So when I, you know, she works during the night and when I wake up in the morning, there's, you know, 10, How nice 20 is that? It's amazing. We've gotten to a point now where, you know, for the most part, I don't have to check her work too much. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll skim through the draft before I plug in the price and then publish it and make it live. But, um, we've got such a good workflow you know, that for the most part, I'm not having to like make corrections or anything. That's stuff that I kind of took care of in the beginning. That's really nice to have that rhythm going. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So then I, so then I go in and I publish the drafts X amount that I want to do each day. And then if I have time in that moment, then I'll also sit there, I'll load them into Vendu and then cross post them off to Poshmark really quick. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. a similar process that I have too. I'll, I do everything except I don't do eBay. I do Poshmark. So I list everything on Poshmark. Then I mm-hmm. go on my computer and cause I list everything on my phone. Then I go on my mm-hmm. computer and then I cross post using list perfectly. I'll, I'll check off trade Z and eBay and off they go to those platforms. Yeah. Oh, and I you know, I was going to say that, um, I know that just from speaking with 
other resellers, I I've heard not been my experience, but that the cross posting, and I, I would imagine this is kind of true. The cross posting from Poshmark to eBay is not as simple just because eBay has more boxes to check right, than Poshmark. There's a lot. Yeah. So that's why when people ask me, you know, um, where should they list first? I do recommend eBay just because you are going to put in the most amount of information there. So I think eBay is like, personally, I think it's the easiest one to cross post from because there's not going to be any boxes unchecked for the most part on any. Because you need to be so thorough on eBay. So then exactly. that's like your most thorough listing and then it can be shipped off to other platforms like that exactly. are more simple. That makes right. sense. I think my problem is I don't look at eBay as like one of my main platforms, I literally look at it as something that just sits there that I cross post some stuff to, and then whatever happens, happens. Like I have to keep <laughs> my mentality on it, you know, like eBay right. can't be a moneymaker. And we've talked about it before too, Denali, but it's like, it can be a huge moneymaker. So why am yes. I looking at it in that way? I need to change the way I look at eBay. Yeah. And you know, that's, um, when people, say to me, um, you know, I want to start selling on eBay. I sell on Posh, but I've heard about eBay and I, I want to make more money there. I tell them, you know, I love Poshmark. Okay. So let's just get that out of the way. However, <laughs> just for clarification purposes, just for clarification, <laughs> I think it's an amazing platform. Um, but it's definitely a gateway drug for selling on other platforms. <laughs> I love <That's> it. Funny. <laughs> there are just more buyers in my opinion on eBay. 100%. Um, yeah. And so I tell people that they need to shift their focus. You know, if you've been 90% Poshmark, 10% eBay, you've got to flip it. And now it's got to be 90% eBay, 10% Poshmark. You really need to put all of your focus there and just, see what happens. Yeah. And then Poshmark is kind of your side piece. You know, like I tell people, I'm like, that's your, that's your nail salon money. See, that's that's real. That's, that's such, such an interesting hard. way of looking at it. Yeah. It's so hard. And, you know, I haven't had any negative experiences on eBay. I mean, my experiences have been fine. I mean, the sales, the interactions I've had with customers have been fine. It's mm -hmm. just so hard for me to, I guess, to make that mental switch. But it makes sense. I need, I need, to, I need to just do it and stop being afraid and just do it. Well, and I, I think, think with so. anything, yeah, like, Daniela, you put a lot of time into the real real, and you've had a lot of success there, and I've put no time into the real real, and I've had no success, and I mean, I, I think it's whatever you put your love into yes. and your energy, and I know... Um, I think in October and November, I was really like, I think when I first started using Vendu, I was really gung ho. And um, yeah, I was making sales like hand over fist over there. And I was like loving it. And then um, I don't know if you know, Danielle, uh, Denali, but then I got like slapped around in December with returns, <laughs> like, hammered, oh, like to yeah. the point where I would get a notification from eBay and I would get like a pit in my stomach. I'm like, oh yeah. my God, what did I do mm -hmm. wrong? And and it was it was honestly just like bad luck, but um, right. But but returns nonetheless, and very frustrating, and some like some heavy ticket items, like high priced items, and yeah. So I think I just got a little gun shy. But knowing the thing that intrigues me the most is I feel like people who I know and respect on YouTube and follow consistently. I feel like whether or not they started on Poshmark or eBay doesn't matter, but the more they do eBay, the more they do eBay. And eventually mm -hmm. I see all of the numbers shifting, um, mm -hmm. the people who were afraid. And, and I just, I, 
I feel like it's, it is in fact factual. It's, it's not even an opinion. I think it's, right. it's like, <laughs> it's really not up for debate. It's just what right. I want to put my energy into. And right. I think Poshmark is just pretty and, and fun. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. I think I'm just used to it, but I do. I often think like today was one of those days that I just hunkered down and I shared and I sent offers and I commented and responded and like offers. Mm-hmm. To, I mean, it was all day. And I thought, gosh, if I had just put this amount of time into, into eBay, yeah, listing new items, it would have been like, it would have had a, a greater return. So it's funny. Like I'm trying to figure out about myself, like what it is that is holding well, me back. I think part of it that's really difficult for people. Um, and I, I talk about this, um, you know, I mentioned to you guys, I, I've been working with some resellers one-on-one, but one of the things that I talk about with people is that it's, it's kind of hard that first month with eBay. Um, I tell people it's like a bad diet, right? Like you've got to do pretty much 30 days of work. So eBay does have an algorithm. They are transparent. Not all platforms are transparent and say they have algorithms. Mm -hmm. eBay does have an algorithm. And again, I can't say this is factual, but to what I've been told through folklore, basically it works backwards 30 days. And Mm. so the work you're doing right now, you're not going to really see the fruits of your labor until a month out. And so you have to put in all this work, right? Just like you do a diet where you're like, I'm doing all this work and I'm not seeing any results. And the scale is not moving. The scale is not moving, (laughs) but we all know from being on a diet, if you stick with it after 30 days, you're like, Oh, like, I I have dropped a pant size and, oh, that lady at work told me I look a little bit skinnier, right? That's how- That's that's a great analogy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's how it is with eBay as well. Like after a month, you will start seeing the fruits of your labor. It is impossible, in my opinion, I would love for one person to come forward to, if you do 30 days of consistent work on eBay, it is impossible to not see significant results. All right, Lori, that's your task. Yeah, (laughs) you too, Daniela. I mean, there's, there's no, there's no question about whether it will happen. Absolutely will happen. You will have an increase in your sales. You will start making more money. Now, the hard part is the consistent work. People, they get, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Demotivated. Is that a word? (laughs) Because unmotivated, unmotivated, right. Because they're not making sales. They'll feel like I've been doing this for two or three weeks and I'm just not seeing any results. Okay. Well, I didn't say it was a two week diet. I said, it's a 30 day, right? Right, So you really have to stick with it for those 30 days and do consistent behavior, meaning listing new items consistently. Now, um, I'm in the school of thought where I believe you need to list new items every single day. Yep. However, I do know successful people on eBay who they don't list them every day. Maybe they have, like I have um, one friend who does all of her listings on one day, right? So let's say so Sunday. Yeah, exactly. So if I might do, let's say I do 20 every day, well, that'd be 140 new items a week. She does all 140 on Sundays. Wow. So, so it's just, so she's just drafting all week and then releases them all. Uh, yeah. Or has somebody drafting for her. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 One of the two. Um, but then she, right. She goes in and then publishes them all in one day, um, and sticks with that same day. Does that same day every week. She doesn't do Sunday one week and then Saturday the next week and then Tuesday the next, like again, consistent behavior. 
Right, and the algorithm so, sees that. Yes. I mean, it will work to your advantage because if you're using it the same day every single week, you're listing it. Right. eBay's going to mm-hmm. pick that up, or any platform's going to pick that up. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why you know people, you know, they'll start out doing, they'll start out being a little consistent, then they'll taper off and then they won't see those results. I mean, maybe like 30 days out, they'll see a little bit of the fruits of their labor from those first couple of weeks that they listed consistently on, but then it's going to die out again because, right, you're working back 30 days. Right. Totally. Eventually, I feel like I'm actually that person because I think in December I got all those returns. And so mm-hmm. I listed nothing in January and it's been mm-hmm. like radio silence. Yeah, yeah. Which, right. which honestly I expect. But then like, you have a couple days on a couple slow days on Poshmark and those are the days I'm like, why am I not cross posting? You know what I mean? And I haven't. Right. And it's just, and now with Vendu, there's really no excuse. So, right. And I did have international buyers and I, I remember being a little bit nervous to use global shipping and I had that like marked, oh, um, uh-huh. like, off. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, it's oh, no. fantastic. It's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. But it was like the fear of the unknown. Like I didn't know there right. was like this little center in Kansas that did all my work for me. Um, <laughs> so uh-huh. for people that don't know what that is, can one of you explain what global shipping is? I'll pass that to you, Janelle. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You know, I'm not going to say it the most eloquently. Essentially, it eBay has partnered. <laughs> okay. eBay has partnered with, I don't think every country falls into it, but some countries where they've got this program that essentially like um someone in you know wherever i'm just going to throw a country out like uh, australia or whatever germany Mm -hmm. uh can purchase something from you here and if your shipping is you know i don't know a padded flat rate mailer of like eight dollars or whatever the person only has to pay that's in this country only pays like the eight dollars and you'll get on your shipping label, it'll say that it's going to, like Lori said, somewhere in Kansas, right? Because and it's they going- do all the customs. They they do all the extra. Like we oh. don't have to get custom yeah. forms and things like that. So yes. the the buyer the ends up, yeah yeah the buyer ends us. up paying a lot more money, but our charge is the same. So um, I know that some resellers are trying to ship directly, like to not mm-hmm. use. Um, yeah the center because I believe it saves cost for the buyer, but for oh, the okay. seller, there's, there's really, I mean, no incentive for us from the perspective that it's so easy for us to just ship it to Kansas and then off it goes and they deal with all the extra costs, but there's, there's incentive to offer lower prices to your customer if you were to ship directly to another yeah. country, but I just would never do that. I mean, I can yeah. list consistently on eBay, right. let alone send it and to I don't Austria. Ship, <laughs> yeah. I don't ship outside of the global shipping program because similar to what Lori's saying, like, I don't want to make my life harder than it needs to be. So, right. and you know, I get a fair amount of GSP orders as it is. So, you know, it seems to be working and hopefully they just continue to add in any countries that that are part of the program. And I think it's great for people outside of the country as well, because um, I I think there's like a a feeling of security for the buyer and the seller, knowing that it's going through a processing center that does does this every day and all the checks and balances are there um, for protection. So they pay more for shipping, but there's that added protection. So um, yeah, it works great. I think I sold like a Disney newest tag sweatshirt from like 2017 to a customer in Japan who had obviously visited and, um, wanted the sweatshirt and didn't buy it. And then I had it. So that was, that was my most recent global shipping thing, but it, but it's great. It really does open 
so many avenues for sales to 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 sell on eBay. And then that's like that's another step above domestic sales. That's just incredible. So Denali, yeah. I have a question for you. Would you say your sales are split between international and within the US, or do you notice that you sell more internationally? Oh no, definitely sell more nationally. US. Not as yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like my international sales is probably, you know, makes up 10% of okay. my sales. It's it's not that much. Um, but I'm always grateful for all of them. Oh, <laughs> right. Sure. Right. So, and are you toying with any like hard goods or anything like that? Or are you still primarily clothes or, um, yeah, cause you're a yeah, bin shopper, I, but like, I know you find like odds and ends at the bins sometimes right. that aren't clothing. Yeah. You know, when I first started reselling, I thought I would do more hard goods cause I do find them interesting. But what I realized is I don't like shipping them, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. especially if they're fragile. Now, some of them can have, you know, a higher return on investment than clothing can. Um, but sometimes you're waiting for the right buyer. And I don't know that I always have the best eye for what people are looking for. I only know what I know, you know, mm -hmm. with, in mm -hmm. terms of hard goods. And of course I could learn more just like I did. I learned with clothing. Um, but for the most part, I prefer now not to pick them up. If I do pick it up, I'm mostly shooting for let, local sales, like on Facebook marketplace or offer up or something like that. Um, gotcha. just so that I don't have to ship. <laughs> yeah. I have so many hard goods that I know again, like, I'm like, Oh, this is a great pickup. I'm going to pick this up. And it's just like sitting on a shelf. Like I oh, just, yeah. I'm just not uh -huh. motivated to sell it. And I think the I storage is part of it. And I think the shipping yes. is definitely part of it. Yeah. And I have, I had like two shelves worth of hard goods in my garage. I've gotten it down to, I think one, one very full shelf now <laughs> that mm -hmm. I condensed it. Um, and yeah, it's kind of like, you know, this neglected little shelf. It's sad. There's definitely, you know, it's a profitable shelf, but I, like you said, I'm not motivated to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not motivated to do it, which I think is just in general, another great, uh, lesson for people to have to learn, unfortunately, is that you really should only pick up items that you're excited to list. Yep. I Amen. Agree with you. I totally agree with that. 100%. Especially when you go to the bins, you're just so tempted to pick up everything yes. you see. And mm -hmm. it, it, that's great. And then when you get home, you're like, okay, I'm only going to list things that I really like and everything else is going to sit in a pile until right. I have nothing else to list. And then I guess exactly. them. or I'm going to donate yeah. one or the other. Yeah. And it's hard too, because that's not something I, I feel like people can be told they, they really do have to learn it because they have to learn what they like to sell. Right. right? Like you can't be like, well, don't buy men's items because you're not going to be motivated to do that. They might enjoy doing men's items. Um, so unfortunately it is just, yeah, one of those things that's like, ugh, you know, you're going to yeah, learn over time what you hate listing. I yeah. feel like I'm still learning. I still buy things. Oh, sure. some, yeah. Sometimes on the ride home, I'm like, why did I buy that? Yes. <laughs> I know. Right. Like even when some men's items now, I'm like, why did I buy that? I can't, it's not, you know, it's, I don't even have the option to send it to thread up. They don't even do men's items. So I know like, that's oh, so that's frustrating. True. That's true. Mm -hmm. so I do hope they do men. Yeah. What's but it? I'm like, I'm real, right now real. I'm looking in my, I'm looking in my office at a pair of like men's new with tag Nautica pants. And I'm like, yeah, the real real is not going to take those. Well, they're not taking those. Those are going to have to list. <laughs> I know. I know. But I St. John's Bay. 
Yeah. <laughs> just scratch out the bay. <laughs> um, I am hopeful though that thread up would eventually do men's clothing. I don't, I, you know, I'm not getting that from anywhere other than just my own personal hope. I think that well, it would be interesting for them to do it. I think they might, given that they're going into the department stores now. Mm-hmm. So I think that might be an option they'll have to look into because they're limiting themselves to only having women's clothing if you're going into a department store. So, well, let's be honest. It's only a matter of time before those department stores are I know. dead. I know. know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, so today crazy. the Macy's thing came out, right? There's like 125 Macy's stores closing and Thread Up mm-hmm. is going in them. I think they're already in Macy's. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. It is yeah. just fascinating, like to walk, even Target, like e- e- even myself as a shopper who used to be in stores all the time. And even yeah. though I spend most of my time in thrift stores now, when I do occasionally go back into regular brick and mortar stores, I am just like blown away. Like even like I've been a Black Friday shopper with my girlfriends for probably 12 years. And I just remember the lines and the excitement. Mm-hmm. And, and even now it's just, it's just shifting before our, our eyes. And I feel like the past maybe two or three years, it has really been apparent. Like, I feel like we've hit critical mass in the other direction now where, where we're just going to see so many closings. I mean, just like working at American Girl after a decade of insane sales and lines out the door um, mm-hmm. to let people in and to shop. And then all of a sudden, like we're closing one day, like in 10 years, it happened from beginning to end. Like I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I mean, I think with, you know, malls nowadays um, and even just thinking about like American Girl, that store, I think that the only way that they're going to be able to stay afloat or just retailers in general is adding more like experience-based, yeah, um, I, I totally agree, you know, uh, parts of their business to the business, you know, even thinking with like American Girl doll, like they have the restaurant there, you yeah, know what I mean? So it's part. like, um, exactly. yeah, that's exactly. And they that's do birthday draw. parties and there's the doll mm-hmm. hair salon and we do crafts exactly. and we do crafts in store. But even with the experiences, what one of our old assistant store managers left, to work for the Disney store, which had closed at our local mall in central Mm -hmm. mass and native, the Disney store had closed, but um, she went to a store and they were trying to do similar to American girl where they incorporated experiences and virtual things and such. And I I just never made it. Like I think most of the Disney stores have closed and they they tried to do it. And um, at this point, I don't know what, what more is closing for American girl, but um, they reinvested in the Manhattan store and um, you know, they have their flagship stores in Chicago, LA and New York, but I don't know how many of the boutique size stores are going to stay afloat. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Since we're on this topic, I know Denali and I talked about Nordstrom's and what they're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Lori, have you seen what Nordstrom is going to be doing? I saw something about like in the Burberry section, it's resale, correct? It's yeah. Secondhand so, items, but I wasn't, I'm not sure what. So it sounds like it's going to be returns and things that people are bringing in, quote unquote, donations, right? So, but then the people that are bringing in these donations will get a gift card to use within Nordstrom's. So oh, it's, that's a nice model. It's an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how it's going to pan out. Yeah. So I, have you guys checked out the website? Cause it's launched the website. I uh-huh. haven't looked at it. No, but I heard the prices are, they're good if you're buying stuff for yourself, but in terms of resale, mm-hmm. they are high. 
Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. So I did, I did check it out cause I was curious. Um, so wait, what happens to last, last chance then? Isn't last chance their like discount store? How does this all play then? Um, I think it's like, I think last chance is where I, I think it's similar, right? Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, that is a great question. I mean, this stuff is like very, uh, you know, they're saying it's pre-owned clothing. Whereas I think items that go to last chance, you know, if they're not damn, they're new with tag damage, they're possibly customer returns. Whereas this stuff, I think the thing, I think the website is called like see you tomorrow.nordstrom.com. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. All of that is, I don't know that it's returns. I think it's just the pre-owned items. So that I think is the difference right there, but it will be interesting if they do eventually send that stuff there, right? Whatever doesn't sell, it's got to go somewhere. So yeah, probably it would make sense that it would go there. And it's mm-hmm. just all their brand, though. It's all Nordstrom brand no, stuff. No, no, no. It's like nice brands that we would be picking up. Like right. they're not picking up. They're I mean, they're not accepting. They're not even accepting probably their house brands. Like I was gonna uh, say, Cat- like I don't think Cat- halogen. None of no. that stuff. <laughs> no. no okay. Like, okay. Like high end pieces. You know, two hundred dollar jeans and okay. you know five hundred dollar sneakers and stuff like that. So this is I mean, where, I feel like, like Nordstrom shoppers, it's like a certain profile and there are people oh, who yeah. are very loyal Nordstrom shoppers and they'll, yes. you know, they'll be the people that go in and take advantage. I don't know how much of our pie, like it's going to take away from us. I mean, I feel right. like we have a slight, a different shopper in a sense. I don't know. I don't know. Well, yeah. And I, I had seen, and Danielle, I don't know if this is what you saw, but I had, I saw somebody went and like price compared the items that were on the see you tomorrow website versus the real real. Mm-hmm. And actually they, they found like exact same items and the real real is cheaper. Yeah. Oh, wow. See you tomorrow. I can see that. I can see that. Well, yeah. then that's actually good for us then. <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs> I think, I think it can literally go either way. Like I think, I think the loyal Nordstrom customers are probably going to use that model that they're now that they now have because they're getting a gift card and they can use that right. gift card to purchase these other items that are pre-owned, but they're the brands that they love. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they don't really feel like they're spending money in that case because they're getting mm-hmm. money from Nordstrom's to spend in their store. That's true. Um, and maybe some of the, the donations that we're used to seeing at like Value Village and Savers and Goodwill are now going to end up in these places. Correct. Correct. And, and then, yeah, so it potentially takes a little bit away from us, but in the same bit. breath, in the same breath, I also don't, I also think that not every shopper even cares enough to take their stuff back in there. Like right. I think if you're, if you're wealthy enough, right. That you're buying $200 jeans as like, that's just your staple. You probably also are like, mm, I'm done with those now. Like Right. Throw them in the Goodwill bag. 100%. Because how many times do you walk into a Goodwill or a Savers or a Value Village and you're like, okay, someone really donated these. They're new. Yes. <laughs> you know, and you stare at it. Like, is this even real? Like, who does right. this? Right. Like, who are you? And can I be you in my next life? Right. And can I just come over to your house before you decide to <laughs> donate everything? Because I'll just take exactly. it. <laughs> Danielle yeah, was so- just saying that some, some wealthy woman just donated a bunch to, she like scopes out these people at Savers and like she knows she's like well they were all size medium and size eight and a half shoes and she's been going back every day to get all this woman's oh, stuff smart. 
hard. Scoring. Yeah. And, and, it's, yeah. and here's the thing, like, so Poshmark is time consuming, right? So is this aspect of reselling, having to go out there and I work a full-time job. So it's different for me. Like I need to figure it out. Like, okay, I have an hour that I can go to the store. Let me see if there's a trend of some sort. If I find some, like, like I found six Everlane pieces today. When does that ever happen? It doesn't. Right. It never right. happens. So when I saw that they were all size medium, I was like, all right, well, mediums it is today. And then I just, I have, have an hour. I'm going to go through everything. I'm going to look at all the mediums and then I'm going to look through shoes really quick, see if there's any good brands and focus on that section. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, that's how I find a lot of my really great pieces is, and that's what I do when I go every day until I clear them out basically. And I'm sorry for all any local listeners, but that's what I nope, do. Nope. Don't like, be sorry. Nope. <laughs> like, nope. There's plenty you know, to go around. around. Yeah, mm-hmm. plenty to go around. Not to mention you're putting in the work. You're going every day. I mean, listen, and you're when you say you're going every day, you might not be able to go until six or seven at night. They've had all day to go. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. So no apologies on that. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It is it is a lot of work. Oh, okay. I have a question, Denali. How yeah, how are you enjoying um basically shopping the bins exclusively for resale? Yeah. <laughs> so that's because funny that you I don't know that. how you do it. Let me just say that. Well, I get it. That I love s- the bins. I, I feel like I could I could live there like in the for the majority of my time. I would probably need a fix at a regular <laughs> store once in a while, but I'm pretty comfortable there. So I'm curious how you're doing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. So funny you ask that. Um, about two months ago, I broke that rule. So I was shopping exclusively at the bins. Like literally I hadn't probably been in a regular thrift for a little over a year. Um, yeah. And then I, I was, uh, I broke the rule when I was in LA in December, I went into some, to a regular thrift, um, and I was like, oh, they got good stuff here. And oh, this is a different experience. Like just something I hadn't done in a while. And mm-hmm. since then I've been incorporating it back into my business, which is kind of crazy. Like I actually was just there today and spent a healthy amount of money. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a but, very different feeling when you go into a thrift store and you leave and you're like, oh my God, I just spent how much money? And then you leave the binge. You're like, oh, I gosh. got so much stuff for $32. Wow. I like, know. <laughs> it's, that part is the hard part, Yeah, but I'm really glad that I forced forced myself to do the bins for a year, not even forced. I mean, I enjoyed it, but, um, that I did that for a year because it really, you know, I started doing it because I was so just, I was getting so salty about offers that people were sending on items that I felt like, you know, at the thrift store I had paid up for. And, you know, when you buy items from the bins, it's just like, they're instantly devalued in your mind because you're like, I paid 30 cents for this. Right. I mean, even if it's worth a lot of money, it's Mm -hmm. still at the end of the day, you can take a bad offer and still make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but what the bins were really good for is they teach you to really understand comparables. You know, um, I learned from friends of mine, I already knew this, but I became much more disciplined because of friends of mine to comp every single item 
before I leave. And I apply that rule now going back into thrift stores and really being certain that an item is worth my time. You know, when you first start reselling, you pick up a lot of stuff because you're like, cool, I'll sell this. And I'm familiar with these brands. Then you learn, okay, those brands are saturated and they don't sell. Mm -hmm. Then you kind of graduate to a little bit of a more of a mid-range brand. But even then, you know, it's like, after a while, it's like, oh, this is a lot of work I'm having to do for a $20 item. Mm-hmm. And I'm not turning my nose up at $20 items. They're great. And I still, I have those items still. Um, but, you know, I've really in the past like three months been trying to get it a little bit higher, like giving myself, valuing myself, I'll say that a little bit higher. Like, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm worth a $30 item, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe I don't need to pick up $20 items. Now that's not to say I don't accept, you know, a $25 offer or something like right, that. Right, right. But trying to really, you know, look at comps and being like, okay, this is the average sold price. Like, okay, it's $30. Like, yes, I will take that. Or if I'm seeing an average sold price of $20 being like, I, I, I don't know that that's worth all the effort I put into the, to the back end of this business. Right. Yeah. I definitely have been getting all of that stuff. Oh, sorry. What was that? Yellow. No, I was just saying, is it really worth you listing it, steaming it, putting it away in inventory, putting it on your spreadsheet. Like, is Mm -hmm. that really worth your time? And it's, for me, I found that it wasn't. And, you know, I'm not, I don't want to take a dig at anyone because I know for a lot of people and for at points in my journey, that has been a part of my business. Um, But for me right now, it's not. Mm -hmm. And I also think, I also think Denali, like where um, I think all three of us, we have, plenty of those items in our closet already. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. when you're, when you're building, it's like, like I'll look at things and I'll say, Oh, I, I have that American Eagle sweater and right. it is, or it isn't selling. So I will, or won't pick it up. Like depending, like, right. I have certain brands that I'm like, you know what, though, those page jeans with the bell bottoms, they've been in my closet for four months. So I'm not going right. to pick those up anymore, but I don't think I would have made those same decisions like even six months ago because maybe it wasn't in my closet or maybe I wanted to try it. But now I think you're at, we're all at that point where we have enough in our closet that we can make those decisions and be a little more selective because I do have those $15 items that are are still in my closet 500 Mm -hmm. days later. Right. Right. No, but I mean, I think what Denali is saying is that she is now being more selective and going for that 30 plus item, Mm -hmm. but that's also because she probably has a thousand items in her closet and maybe 300 or 20 and under, you know what I mean? Like, so you can kind of have those in there without, without continuing to add to those $15 items. Like it's, it's almost like, you know, we've experienced that in some work and some move. And now we need to be a little bit more selective because we are running out of storage space or mm-hmm. like we do have a thousand to 1500 items in our closet. So, you know, it's at that point where we need to be a little bit more selective, which I feel like Danielle, you're, you're more selective anyways. Oh yeah, I am. That's what who I am by nature. Like I, there are times I pick up certain things and I'm just like, oh, this is really cute. I mean, it could sell for 20 bucks. It's only two ninety nine. I could totally grab it, but I've just taught myself to not do it. Like, I don't even want to put the effort into it. I only want to put the effort into the items that are going to create that higher return on investment for me. Cause that's my bottom line. Yeah. And I think that, um, 
you know, especially since you're doing this part-time or as a side hustle, you know, whatever you want to call it, because right. this is not your regular, regular time job. I think that's smart. And even tying this back to thinking about how you said, you know, that you primarily sell on Poshmark. Like I also understand that for people who are working full-time jobs, being multi-platform is not necessarily the right thing um, for everyone you know, you're already stretched thin at your regular job and you're doing this to make extra money. Um, so adding in more platforms isn't always the best thing. And, you know, while, while it can make you more money, there's yeah. no disputing that. Um, right. It just might, you know, Poshmark is just sometimes the right fit for some people because it is a very simple platform. List, I mean, I mean, there's, we can make it more difficult, right? But for the most part, it's like, you can just list and mm -hmm. then they send you this simple little postage label. You don't have to buy any shipping supplies. You can use everything from the post office for free. I mean, it is a very easy platform. To very, sell. very user-friendly in it for sure. It is. Yeah. And I think that's why, like, as much as I want to venture into different platforms, um, that's why I've kind of gravitated towards the real, real, like that is simple for me. I find items at a low cost. I put it in a box and I send it and mm -hmm. I get money every month and it's a substantial amount of money because I've put my effort into it and I, and I really have learned the brands that sell well on that platform. And then Poshmark, I mean, I'm, I'm very transparent. I have a VA as well, so I don't share my closet. I don't mm -hmm. have time in my day to share my closet. It's just I can't do it. I tried and I've just reached the point no, where yeah. I have other things I need to focus on. I need to go out and source. I need to photograph. I need to list. So I yeah. still list and photograph myself. Um, I'll probably always photograph. And as of right now, I'll list, but that might change in the future as well. I don't know. Um, but I also yeah, I think have too many expenses either. Here's the other problem, right? Like I don't want to be putting out too much money either because I do have lists perfectly. So there's a lot of things that yeah, go that's into That's an it. expense. In it way. is. All of it's an expense and you have to think about that. I just want yeah, someone I think... to take pictures of pants for me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Or just all the things. That would be nice for somebody to take pictures of all the things, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that it's, you know, it's about whether you're part-time or full-time, it's, you know, work smarter, not harder, right? Um, sharing your Poshmark closet, in my opinion, unless if you have more than 10 items in your closet, well, okay, maybe 50. Um, <laughs> I'd say like 150, 150. Okay, we'll say that. Yeah, I don't, I just don't think it's a good use of anyone's time. Oh God, no, it's exhausting. Like I have 500 items right now. I can't imagine sharing 500 items. No, it's not a good use of your time. And so I think, yeah, if you can outsource that in some way, that's much smarter. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, I kind of want to circle back a little bit, Denali. And yeah. I want, because I know some of our listeners want to yeah. venture into eBay and they just don't know how to get started. So can mm -hmm. you kind of give a really brief um, breakdown of how someone can just, completely new person has never touched eBay yeah. before how can mm -hmm. they get started using that platform and let's say they're a they're a Poshmark user and they want to transition mm -hmm. over yeah um so if you're yeah <laughs> I'm like where do I want to start that yeah I know um, right there's a lot <laughs> open an account that's the first step yeah. um and just start listing stuff it's gonna feel like a lot. There's just a lot more boxes to check on eBay. Um, definitely fill out the required ones. You'll have to. Um, and then, you know, if you can fill out the optional ones, do fill them out. Um, yeah, just start listing items, but be consistent. So going back to what I said about, you know, 
picking a schedule or rhythm that's going to work for you. Like don't, um, you know, don't list 20 items on Monday, 10 on Thursday, five, the following Tuesday, one, the following Friday, you know what I mean? Like, don't make it all crazy. So if you have, um, let's say 300 items in your Poshmark closet that you could be cross posting, right? Cause that's like low hanging fruit. When people tell me, Oh, well, I have 300 items or whatever it is in there. My Poshmark closet. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. You have a month, like a month's worth of listings in my opinion, because what I would do is I would divide that up and cross post 10 items every day for a whole month. You've got a month worth of worth of work there. There's 10 items every single day. Um, yeah. And then you're not reinventing the wheel. It's like, all yeah. right. There and all the right. Don't make it. There. Yeah. Don't make it hard. You have all the work has been done for you. All the photos are taken. All the measurements are done. All you're doing is cost posting. And if you can, what's really smart too, and especially if this is just a side hustle for you is that, um, to build up as many drafts as you can on eBay. I, I don't know how many they cap you at, but I've probably like 200 or something. You're probably not going to meet it, meet the That's number. That's one thing I'm jealous of because you get yeah. so quickly right. on, um, Poshmark. Poshmark. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause so I like to build, do drafts. Yeah. So build up as many drafts as you can so that, you know, if you are somebody who has a traditional nine to five job or some other job that you work, um, on those nights where you're tired and you're like, I don't feel like cross posting tonight, you'll already have drafts built up. So then you can just go in there and publish boom, your boom, 10 boom. for the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make it easy on yourself. So try and do like, you know, bulk amounts of work, you know, maybe on Sundays where you sit there and you make a bunch of drafts. Um, so that's the low hanging fruit is just to cross post. And then, um, moving forward in general, I recommend people start listing on eBay first and then cross post elsewhere, just because like I said, there's less boxes to check on other platforms, regardless of whether you use a cross posting tool or not. In general, you're probably going to find that it's just easier. Um, I think that's going to be my takeaway, Denali. I think I need to do that. Just draft on eBay. Well, no, no, start, start on eBay and then Mm -hmm. push some over to Poshmark because, and also like on Vendu, you just have the last 48 or 45 items. Uh-huh. So sometimes um, I'll I'll say on Poshmark like oh I wanna I want to like cluster the items that I want eBay to be a priority like certain brands or styles mm-hmm. that I know I want to cross post and yeah. I'll like I'll list them together so that they can kind of go over in one cluster and I'm not going too far back because it doesn't go past 48 your most 48 recent listings on Poshmark then do cuts you off at that point right for now. I thought- I thought they fixed that. They didn't fix that. Did they? I, I don't know. I haven't cross posted in a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think when they went out of beta, they fixed that, but I'll look back because I did message them about that. And I thought they told me that that was fixed. Oh, that would be phenomenal. So see, yeah. less and less excuses for me. Yeah, um, I know. One sorry. Other <laughs> <laughs> one other question. Do you yeah, and I think. New- oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say just in general, taking eBay serious and really, you know, again, for a new person, it's just committing, like, don't give up. You have to commit for a month. You really have to give it a month to see the results that you want. And at some point it will make sense for you to upgrade your account and get a store. Um, there's, I believe four different store levels. Mm -hmm. I don't know off the top of my head 
what all the names are. I think, I think like the $5 store is like called the starter, but I recommend that people start off with the second level, which is the basic. I think it's only like $20 a month. Yeah. I had the basic my first year when I started because yeah. I was more yeah. comfortable over there. I thought I was going to be all about eBay and they did the basic and is, is it 500 a month? Um, somewhere around there. I, yeah, I think you're right. Like 250 fixed and then 250 auction okay. is something like what it is. Um, but eventually, yeah, it will make sense for you to get a store. And when you do have a store, you just open yourself up to a lot more information. You're going to get, um, more analytics. You're going to get, you get like a shipping credit of like eBay supplies, which kind of offsets the cost of the store a little bit. Um, do you know, I never cashed in on that. Like oh I, my gosh. <laughs> I, for, for one year, I never got the team. No. I was like such a failure over there. No, yeah, no, no. Not a failure. <laughs> not a no, failure. They would send me the notifications and I even bothered to call and I said, I didn't know how to access it. They gave me oh, a no. $5 credit and then I missed, I just like, I let it go. Oh, like, no. like just so no, it sounds like for so 2020, bad. For 2020, Lori, it sounds like you need to take eBay seriously. Yeah, right. I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. So it's really just um, treating it seriously. Yeah, I guess that's kind of really what it is. And digging yeah. in and not giving up after a week or two weeks or three weeks. It's committing mm-hmm. to the platform. And I tell people that if they're scared of returns or I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. So if you're worried about returns or negative feedback or scammers, or you're going to mess up the shipping, those are generally like the four things people say. Um, well, spoiler alert, they're all going to happen. I tell people all four of those will happen. They'll probably happen within your first six months and you're going to feel crappy initially, but Chalk it up it's to just part of it. Mm-hmm. It's part of it. You're going to have to mess up the shipping to learn how to do shipping better. You're not going to continue to mess it up. I mean, if you continue to mess it up, we've got a bigger problem there, but yeah. <laughs> you need you know. a better organizational system. <laughs> right. Exactly. A little more user error there. Um, you know, the negative feedback, it can happen if it's unfair negative feedback. Um, Um, The lovely part about eBay is they have a customer service phone number um, where you can call and talk the issue out with a rep. And if I feel like that is a huge perk, you should repeat that again, because I think that is just something like, um, like literally they have talked me off the ledge when I had bad buyers and they remove negative feedback Mm -hmm. and they follow up with you if you want to follow up. I mean, they have been so good in comparison to not even you know, I can't even call someone if I was like, right. you know, there's nobody to call at Poshmark. Yeah. Crazy. That no, is it just takes them a crazy. long time to respond. It does. They've never yeah. responded to me. Really? Yeah. Or the response is not what you were really asking for. I mean, and that's a great part. So you can call and you can speak with somebody. Um, yeah. If your negative feedback is not warranted, they will mm-hmm. take it. I'm not going to say they're going to remove it, but they might. Um, yeah, you never so know. yeah, you never know. Um, you know, scammers exist, but they exist on Poshmark also. I think you just have to be smart, you know, like if somebody offers you more than what you're asking for the item, probably a scam. You know what I mean? Like if somebody tells you to email them, probably a scam. Yeah. Don't Um, email. Do you have any issues Denali with, um, excuse me, with, um, people like not paying? I feel like certain 
All yeah, like really. Oh yeah, I, I have non-paying bidders all 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 the time. Yeah. So people I mean, who win an just, auction and they just don't pay. Well, not just that. I mean, people, I mean, so when somebody makes an offer on an item on eBay, if I accept their offer, it does not require immediate payment. So right. then after I accept their offer, you know, I can send them an invoice and then I wait for them to pay. <laughs> so, so what, two days? Is that correct? Um, it's like a couple of days and then you can like, you know, I'll send an invoice after somebody wins, um, or, you know, or after I accept an offer or whatever the case is, um, after a couple of days, you can, well, actually after I think like 24 hours, you can send a payment reminder after a couple of days from that, you can send a, what, what's the word I'm looking for? A non-paying, some sort of non-paying bidder. You can send the leg breakers. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's so what Danielle that, and I would do. Yeah. Right. Oh, wait, 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 no. So you can open like an unpaid item case. Right. And mm -hmm. it'll basically kind of tell them like, Hey, you need to pay or Please. you're going to get a strike on, on your account. Um, and then if they continue to still not pay after like a week or so you can, um, basically it cancels out the sale and you can apply for a final value fee credit, which is, you know, basically, and if eBay took a fee on, well, they do take a fee on the sale of the item, they'll refund it back to you. And then you can relist your item. I mean, it's annoying. Yeah. Is it annoying? Yes. But you know, it's just, a, I, I mean, tell people, business. I'm like, that's just it's the cost of works. doing business. I just relist the item again and eventually it will sell to somebody else. And there is a um, setting on eBay, correct? That you can, can't you check a box that requires immediate payment if that's like something you want to do? Yeah, which you always should. That should always be a box that you check. I would mm -hmm. I would never recommend somebody not require a median payment. However, it still doesn't matter. Some if you accept a best offer on an item, it still doesn't mean that they have to immediately pay. They still have that leeway. Yeah, that's interesting. And well, would yeah, you recommend I mean, for go ahead. I was just gonna say it is annoying. I wish eBay would change that about the platform. I don't know anywhere else in the world you can commit to purchasing an item. <laughs> and yeah. not pay. Like yeah. literally, let's think about that. There is nowhere <laughs> so true. where you can do that. Um, I don't know why they continue to have that here. I do hope that sometime in the next five to 10 years, they eliminate that. Um, I feel like it would make their job so much easier absolutely. too. I mean, like to not all have the, all these claims going in. Yes. I, I have to think it's, you know, a waste of their I don't know, some sort of technological space, server space. I don't know what it could be, but it has to, it has to cost money on their end. You know what I mean? All this extra work, notifications, mess, I don't know. So it yeah, seems it like a lot to. of steps to collect payment. Like, you know, it does in, in any time, anytime you're purchasing something online, like the first thing they want is your credit card information. Yep. Yeah, you know? there's, so no, like, there's really nowhere. But on eBay, it's optional. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> on eBay. Uh, yeah. That's the funny thing about eBay is like, you know, I, I have two items right now that need to, I need to submit for final value fee credit. You know, one of them is like a pair of sneakers that this person messaged me and they're like, Oh, these are going to be for my daughter's birthday. And I kind of accepted a little bit lower of an offer. Cause I was like, okay. Like she hit me in a soft spot, you know? Yeah. And then, yeah, she never bought them. It's like, okay, really? <laughs> you know, you can't do this anywhere else in the world. You can't walk into Nordstrom and say, yeah, I'm going to buy these, but just like hold on to them for a week. I may or may not pay, but I'm definitely right. going to buy them. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's actually crazy. It is crazy. It is. Yeah. And so but, here's another question. If you oh, don't uh -huh. apply for the final 
fee reimbursement, you don't get it. They don't automatically give it to you. No, it's a setting that I, I'm pretty sure you can just, um, I'm, I'm 99.9% sure there's like a setting to have all of these unpaid item cases. Oh, you can have it open for you on eBay's behalf. I just, I'm kind of like, I'm quick on it. And so you can beat the system to the punch. Basically. Like I think if I don't take care of it in a day or two, it'll it'll close out on its own. But at this point, I already know that the person's not (laughs) like, they're not paying. I've sent them like reminders, invoices, et cetera. I'd rather close it out on my own and get the item relisted quickly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, cause they're just not going to make them purchase at this point, but, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to circle back to the part about returns. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. so returns is another part of why people, you know, are scared or don't want to sell on eBay. But again, right. That we have to throw that in the bo- bucket of this is the cost of doing business. It will happen. The nice part of, well, kind of the nice part about eBay is that you can choose to accept returns or not accept returns. Now I personally, I don't accept returns. Um, but I know lots of people that do accept returns. Um, for me, um, I don't like returns. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I also feel like I'm selling used clothing. You know what I mean? And I'm providing, um, as much information as I can about the garment and describing it and showing pictures in the best possible way that I can to let the person know what they're buying. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't want the item back if it doesn't fit you. Um, sorry. I gave you, know, you measurements. I, yeah. I don't <laughs> accept returns either, but that didn't seem to make a difference. Well, in yeah. So, so, <laughs> so that, that's, like that's a little, little caveat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, eBay, there is a way that buyers can, basically forced through a return and that's by filing what's called an item not as described or Mm -hmm. uh, people commonly refer to as an INAD, which would be the acronym for it. Um, So if a buyer does an INAD, it's going to basically force you to take the return. There's really no way around it. If you call eBay, they're going to, even if you're right, (laughs) even if you're 2000% right, eBay is going to say, yeah, unfortunately they've opened an INAD. You have to take the return. And that's just what it is. I mean, the only consolation I can say to an INAD is that when you receive it back, I have sometimes had luck calling back into customer service because you have, you, the seller has to pay the return shipping on it because right, it's your fault. Right. Um, so I've had luck sometimes with eBay. If I call in and I say, Hey, you know, I got the sweater back. There's nothing wrong with it. Despite what the buyer said, it's in the condition I sent it in. Um, and then eBay has sometimes refunded me the, the, the return shipping. The return shipping. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Denali, so at least I'm not out that. Yeah, I've also heard that um, if you put, if you turn returns on, so I've had eBay friends say to me, you might as yeah. well accept returns because you have to take them back anyways. And if you have returns accepted in your settings turned on, that mm-hmm. you can um, you can specify, yeah, I will take returns, but you pay shipping sort of thing. So yeah, but in, if the, there's still, if they gonna, say it's an INAD, you still have to pay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if they, do, if they say it's an INAD, you're still going to have to pay the return oh. shipping on it. So okay. that's why for me, I'm just like, no, if somebody wants to return it, they're going to find a way to return it. Yeah. I've had yeah. returns on in the past and 
oh, good Lord. I, I got a lot of returns and I did not like it. <laughs> okay. And well, that's it, good to hear because I've heard people say, oh, you might as well keep them on, but I'm in the same boat as you. Like, No, no. And, and, and I know that I'll still get returns and I do from time to time, you know, I'd say- But it's almost just one more layer of protection to say, you know, when you purchase this item, I, it yep. said no returns accepted. So you knew going right. in sort of thing. It just right. feels like a little more security to be able to do that. You know, I had a customer who, um, it was like a Ralph Lauren 4XL shirt that I picked up at the bins, beautiful condition, measurements, whole nine yards. And he, yeah. you know, the, the buyer claimed that it fit like a, like a three XL, the measurements were wrong. And then they claimed right. that it wasn't authentic, blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> eBay actually sided with me and I was shocked. Like they were, wow. they said, Nope, you couldn't have been more explicit. My, the, yeah. cause I was like, you know, when you're like, you just get all like hot and bothered. And I called them and I was like, listen, this guy is really going over the top. And I, right. I actually, I felt like he was like bullying me, like cyber bullying, like all caps, oh. like you will take this back sort of thing. And so I yep. don't think that eBay was looking to side with him. But the reason I'm mentioning this is because everything went through on eBay. And then what people can do is if they get denied a return through eBay, they can, um, they can open up a claim on PayPal. Yes. Does that happen yeah. to you? So like, yeah. he, so I was contacted through PayPal and I said, this was mm -hmm. already resolved through eBay. And mm -hmm. then I think, I think it was okay. I think they actually said no to him, but, um, but I was just, it was like so many phone calls for this one shirt to not come back. Yeah. I've had it happen a couple of times and I think m most times it usually ends in my favor on PayPal, but I have had times where it, it didn't go in my favor. Um, mm -hmm. To be honest, I'm a little lazy and I don't follow up. I don't, I don't call, I know I probably should call PayPal and like state my case. Like I'll respond to the messages, but I don't go further than that. Like, I, I was don't... just so mad at this guy. Oh, like, sure. I would yeah. probably normally know. <laughs> yeah. He just no. got under my skin mm -hmm. and that was like, I am freaking calling. <laughs> Yeah. Like yeah. No, I totally get that. I mean, there are, de there can be like bully buyers. Um, you know, the best is when somebody sends you a message that says, if you don't take this return, I'm going to leave you bad feedback, which is like, I'm always like, oh, thank you for saying that. Cause that's called feedback extortion, which oh. is Ooh, really, mm -hmm, which is prohibited on eBay. So huh. <laughs> to know, yeah. Yeah. So, you so then you have it in writing and you can just yep. submit that and it's kind of exactly. like case closed. Yes, exactly. Right. So if they were to leave you negative feedback, you would have like grounds to be like, yeah, look at this. Like they said, if I didn't take the item back, they would hold this over me, which isn't allowed. So, you know, you would have a, a case for getting it removed there. So yeah, but they're going to happen. I mean, this all sounds like, you know, to somebody who doesn't sell on eBay, it's like, oh God, that, I don't want to deal with any of this stuff. But if, you know, once you sold on there for a while, you're just like, nah, whatever. You know what I mean? Like right. it's part of your business. You know how to, it's rock part of I mean, your it business. happens on Poshmark too. You know, I got something back in the mail today. I mean, you just kind of get a little desensitized to it. If you're listing a lot and if you have the volume and you're listing a lot and you're selling a lot, you know, if you're selling 30 items a week and you know, every other week you get one return, it, right. you know, it's I think it rolls bad. a little better. I think it's probably more scary to the people who, you know, they're worried they're listing five items and two are going to come back. You know, like it's just, I, th right. I think it's a volume thing and where you're doing yeah. so much volume, it's kind of like just a blip 
on the screen, you know, when you right. have a return. And even, well, and right, you have to like take it into perspective too, right? If you're only listing those five items a week, the odds of you getting a return are probably going to be smaller based on the number of items you're listing, right? You're just increasing mm -hmm. your odds with the more items you sell. Yeah. Right. So right. for me, for me, you know, if I'm doing, you know, let's say $1,500 to $2,000 a week on eBay, mm -hmm. um, to me, I'm like, okay, a $25 return, no problem. Right. Like what would I rather have? Totally. Like, right. That's exactly. Not, that's Right. Like you got to keep those things in perspective. Like, well, <laughs> would you take a $25 return to make $2,000 a week every oh, day yeah. of the week? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> All the time. Right. Exactly. So I tell people, you know, you have to keep those things in mind. Like, right. If you want to kind of make more money, you're going to have to expect that things like this, they're going to pop up. I also think, um, just based on my little bit of experience, like cross listing and having them both, I get a lot less lowball offers on eBay. I think people are more willing to just buy things or or offer reasonable amounts. I don't know if you find that Denali, but I feel like the the lowball offers on Poshmark are abundant. <laughs> um yeah, it's hard to say because I definitely, you know, I will get offers that I'm like, well, okay, they're a little bit crazy here. Um you know, one thing and I'm just hypothesizing here is with Poshmark um and you know, there's been recent changes too, but the shipping is a little bit higher. Um, mm -hmm. With eBay, you know, you can sell a tank top and charge three ninety nine shipping, right? Because right. you can send it first class. But on Poshmark, that tank top is now effective today or coming up, right? Yeah, um, yeah. is going to cost you seven dollars and eleven cents, and maybe the top the tank top was listed for twenty dollars to begin with. I mean, that's like. I mean, you're looking at basically that's 50% of the, the 50%. price of the item. That's actually right. what I put on your post today when you posted the thing about, um, about the increase and, mm -hmm. you know, how it will change my business. And I do think we all, all of us Poshmark shoppers need to reevaluate because I said just that, like maybe things like tank tops and scarves and just lightweight items in general, I need to start shifting to eBay, if nothing else, you know, because well, it well, is hard but, unless they're buying a bundle. Well, and that scarf could be a Gucci scarf. And to that, I would say, right. keep it on Poshmark, right? right. Because, well, yes. But yeah, it's <laughs> more about, I think, sourcing smarter, right? Um, listing items that are going to sell for more. Um, you know, it's nice to think, okay, well, yeah, sell more bundles. Well, sure. Who wouldn't love to sell more bundles? I mean, I you have wish to find I a could person. sell more bundles. <laughs> right. I would love to sell bundles all the time. But good luck finding the person that's looking to buy multiple items from your store. You know what I mean? That assuming you have all of the items in their style and their size and all these different factors, I think it's really just, I guess, increasing your um, average sale price mm -hmm. to get it to be higher, right? Looking for yeah. items, again, not that are $20, but are $30 items um, for somebody to be like, okay, yeah, I'll pay $7 shipping. Cause right now I think people are thinking, well, I've got to pay $7 shipping. Plus I have to pay my state sales tax. Right. Oh, Which, that's crazy too. We don't pay sales tax on clothing in Massachusetts. What about Rhode Island? And no, we don't. Okay. I didn't think so. And we do in Washington. You do. Yes. Yeah. So what, what percentage is it Denali? 
Um, I want to say for clothing, I don't know offhand, but I think it's around eight or nine percent. Oh wow, wow. that's okay. Um, yeah, because I just had an item actually sell today that I was sending the invoice on eBay, and I think it's at eight and a half percent. Um, yeah, so that's, that's really high. That's like New York City. High. Yeah, <laughs> it's significant. It's significant. So, right. So now somebody's paying potentially from Washington is paying eight. Basically, let's round it up to eight dollars for a sure. twenty dollar item. Yeah. You know? Um. So that's a lot. That's a that lot, is a lot. shipping. That is a lot. <laughs> Yeah. So, and I think that we, if you circle back what you were saying to Denali, when people are sourcing, you just have to look for those items that it's going to be worth it for someone to spend the $7 and 11 cents. That's right. really what it comes down to. If you're mm-hmm. primarily a Poshmark seller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, right. Cause yeah, on eBay, right. We have a little more flexibility. We can charge a little bit less, but then in the same breath, right. Um, if I want to send a pair of heavy snow boots to New York, yeah. the shipping is going to be incredibly astronomical. High yes, compared yep. to Poshmark, where I could send it for seven dollars and eleven cents. Right. I mean, what a steal. Yep. You know? Well, and that's just it. So when people kind of like, like I know, social media was in an uproar today about the yeah. increase, um, <laughs> I and I was just like, I mean, I get it. You know, for me, it's more. Like it's the 11 cents. So it's not again as pretty because right now, right. you know, if you offer discounted shipping, it's like five bucks. So are, are we going to take the hit or, or is that 11 cents going to come back on us, which I'm actually fine with. Like if I, I offer discounted shipping like candy, like when I'm sending offers <laughs> to like, or, right. um, I, I just like, I don't, I don't know if that's going to make somebody feel better. And it's a nice round number. Sometimes I'll, I'll even be creative with my, um, with my listing price, like knowing I should know this off the top of my head, but I want to say like, if I do 30, if I list something for $32, when I do 20% off with discounted shipping, it's $25 and then discounted Mm. shipping. So it brings it back up to 30. So sometimes I'll strategically price my item out of the gate, knowing if I do 20% in discounted shipping, it's going to be like a nice even number. But then I'm not taking into account tax because I don't know mm-hmm. everybody's tax bracket throughout the country, but yeah, like it's, it's, it's a little bit of a mind game. And also the same on eBay, like do you offer free shipping and bump your price up or do you keep your prices low and charge shipping, you know? So right. you just have more control over it on eBay, what you want to do. Right. You can run your store however you want to run it. You want to take returns? Great. You don't want to take them? Great. You want to charge for shipping? Great. You don't want to charge for shipping? Great. You want to take offers? Great. You don't want to take offers? Great. I feel this way about everything. Like sometimes when I see like people going back and forth about what to do, should you do this? Should you do that? I I always like sit back and think to myself, you know, Walmart is not calling Nordstrom to ask ask them what their business plan is. Like sometimes I'm like, well, that's why we all own our own little piece of the world here. Like we all run it differently. And and I don't know why people get fired up if one person does one thing differently than somebody else. Like it just Mm -hmm. doesn't, I just don't care enough. Like not in a a selfish way. I just feel like more power to you. Like 
you want to put everything in your closet that is from Nordstrom Rack and $50 and over, that's awesome. Like you want mm -hmm. to sell Old Navy for five bucks? Great. Like I just right. don't mm -hmm. care. Like that's the beauty of what we do. So sometimes I think people get so wrapped up in like, well, what do you do and what should I do? And why do you, do? I mean, right. all obviously we're all kind of seeking knowledge and trying to use best practices, you know what I mean? So that's why, that's why we have you here, Denali, because yeah. you are, <laughs> no, because you have had a lot of success in what you do and you're relatable and people love watching you and listening to you. And so it's kind of a treat to have you here with your expertise to kind of share that with our audience. It's just really nice, you know, so. Well, you know, and I think, I thank you for saying that. And I, I feel that way about you guys and everybody in the community. I mean, like that's, I only know what I know because of other things I've learned and absorbed from other people. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that the problem with reselling is that people want certainty in this mm -hmm. job, but there mm -hmm. isn't but any, there is none. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, you know, going on my third year now being full time, the best thing I can tell people is to, you know, take in the noise and chatter from other resellers just with a grain of salt and cherry pick the information you like and yep. don't, you know, block out the other stuff. Try new things and adjust and adapt all the time. Um, don't treat anything that people say as kind of law or the word mm -hmm. of law because mm -hmm. there is no, like nobody has all the right reseller information. Nobody well, does. <laughs> everything works differently for each one of us. What works for me doesn't work exactly. For it might work for you, but it, you know, mm -hmm. so it doesn't, we can give our opinions and we can help guide someone in the right direction. But at the end of the day, it's what works for you in your business. Exactly. And like, go with what, you know, we're all experts in something, right? Like mm -hmm. I know a lot about probably one thing because I've always done this one thing or, you know what I mean? Like this one brand of clothing, because maybe this one brand of clothing is specific to Seattle or the Pacific right. Northwest. And right. I know so much about it, but for you guys, you're on the East coast. The, maybe, you know, a lot about some weird niche brand on the East coast that I've never heard of, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, but also taking that with a grain of salt, like don't, you know, if I say a brand, like for instance, um, I'm going to say Filson. You guys know Filson? Yes. I know why. Yeah. I've never sold yeah. it. Yeah. So it's from here in Seattle. It's a very valuable brand. The resale on it is great, mm -hmm. but I don't think people should be like, okay, when I go into the store, I'm looking for Filson. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm going to have better luck finding it than you are because Filson is located here. You know, like their headquarters is in downtown Seattle, you know, like That's take so everything cool. with a, you know, <laughs> but take everything with a grain of salt, right? Because it's mm -hmm. like, find what's going to be good in your area. If you live in a sunny climate, then focus in on brands that sell for top dollar for sunny climates. You're probably going to make out like a bandit. Yeah. Like I feel like when we go to the New Hampshire bands, Denali and I, like I, I pick up a lot of um, outdoor, well, I mean, there's L.L. Bean headquarters is in Maine. Right. So we are like inundated with L.L. Bean. Garnet Hill is also, they also have like a warehouse in New Hampshire, oh, I believe. Nice. So there's a lot of it. Like we see a lot of it. I sell a lot of outdoorsy stuff. I am not a very outdoorsy person, but I sell a lot of it because <laughs> right. it's Same. here and it's a good RO, you know, it's a good return. So I pick it up, which actually leads me, this is totally off topic, but one of the things I've wanted to do as far as like a YouTube, um, collaboration 
at some point is to do just that, like have people talk about um, specific brands that they know a lot about that are in their region. So maybe I talk mm-hmm. about LLB and Garnet Hill and you talk about Filson. And if everybody kind of releases it and does like a little 15 minute video oh, about yeah. what cool. they know in yeah. their area, like I just feel like we have people from all over the country and that would be like yeah. such a just a valuable thing. Like I love um, the New York thrifter. She hasn't been on in a while. I was going to say, and, she hasn't you know, uploaded anything in a very No, she hasn't. But um, she did a thing where she was like going through, she was doing more designer brands, but I thought that would be so nice. Like if you're just in an area that, you know, like show me your moo we never see around oh, God, here. No. It's like, so yeah. rare. Ever. But like <laughs> Not people, us either. Like people in Atlanta, they find it like I find L.L. Bean. And I'm like, my right. gosh, like where are they getting this? You know, right. so I just think that would be kind of fun. So I have to like put that away, but maybe we can work on that. That would be a fun yeah, thing Yeah, no, do. no, that's, that's fun. Um, there's like, there's an Instagram account. I think it's, uh, it's called, if I'm remembering it correctly, I think it's tags, like T-A-G-S and mm-hmm. threads. Okay. T-H-R-E-A-D-S, tags and threads. Um, it they show a lot of vintage tags, but they they have a number of posts where they show labels that are specific to a state. Oh, so interesting. Similar to what you're talking about, yeah. Right now, yeah. Okay. Check, check it out. It's kind. It's kind of a. It's fun to look at. So maybe okay. I'll research it, and we'll we'll try to find some YouTubers or Instagram people around who can kind of maybe speak to their region. But yeah, uh, yeah. No, I think that's a great idea. Day. But I think that would be fun. Yeah, oh. I'm in. So <laughs> I want to talk about something not related to eBay. Um, Denali, you have a podcast as well. Yes. And <laughs> I want to talk about it. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, yeah, so I started a podcast last September. Um, it was something that I kind of, you know, I'd been thinking about doing and I was scared to do it. Whenever I'm scared to do something is when I know for sure I'm going to do something. Um, and I created, you know, I created it very selfishly. It's the podcast that I wanted to hear and that I needed to hear before I went full time. Uh, it's basically about 45 minutes to an hour and I, speak with one reseller each episode and I talk with them about their business and you know I'm I'm fairly predictable I ask the same six questions every time but it tends to cover all of the bases for you know how somebody started and kind of what their business looks like now and I you know I created it for somebody I imagine the listener which was me in my head but I imagine the listener to be somebody who you know, maybe works a traditional nine to five job. They have a really long commute and they want to hear something that might inspire them or click with them. Um, and maybe it's going to push them to make the next step, either just completely into reselling or into the next step of their reselling business, whatever that might be. So I put it out every week, every Monday and yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I love it's it been I so it. much fun, Denali. Like honestly, like <laughs> oh, it's, well, thanks. it's it's so interesting to hear to to just that. I think because it's consistent, one of the fun things is like you know the questions that you're going to ask, but the answers yeah. vary so much. And you know, you had like 
just the different profiles of everybody. I think the guy you had on this week was like talking about sneakers and uh-huh. I had no idea that the Jordans went one to 23 and beyond like that to me, yeah, like, me like that was like a light bulb. Cause I, I know I've seen so many like Jordan seven, Jordan eight, and I didn't know what it meant. And now I do. Right. And like, just like, like kind of like you said with the cherry picking, I feel like every week with a new person and I'm always fascinated by their, by their backstories or people who I thought I knew. And then you hear the story and you're like, wow, this is like totally not what I expected, but it's, it's just been great and consistent. And I think you've really tapped into something. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. And I try and, you know, I try and ask people or find people that I think are, you know, have interesting stories and there's a lot, listen, there's no shortage of people to ask. I mean, my list is very long in my head of people that I want to speak with Mm -hmm. and it really goes in no particular order. Um, but I'm, you know, I think everybody's so interesting. I think everybody has an interesting background. I mean, I think the only requirements that I really look for in interviewing somebody are an interesting story or journey, right. Of maybe Mm -hmm. what got them to where they're at now. And Mm -hmm. that, um, they're profitable, <laughs> you know, right. I want to yeah. make sure, I want to make sure that, uh, people that I'm, that's a good with, criteria. Yeah. You know, I want to make sure that people I'm speaking with don't have, you know, aren't just shoppers, right? So I'm right. 30 grand in debt. Do you want to, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, cause, um, I think that can happen a lot in reselling mm-hmm. and that's probably another episode in itself. Uh, Leslie mm-hmm. had a great episode on her podcast about, you know, do you just like the shopping or are you actually a reseller? Oh my God. You see that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a really great episode because I do think that, um, it could be easy to kind of call yourself a reseller, but not actually be doing any of the reselling work. Right. You know, but that's kind of getting off track there. But anyways, yeah, just looking for people with interesting or different stories and, um, I'm getting to flex kind of my old HR muscle of, of when I would interview people to hire, you know, which I so enjoyed just hearing people's backgrounds and hearing about prior jobs that they've had and what kind of got them to where they are today. I was going to say, when you listen to your podcast, it's very, you can see the HR Denali come out. And, <laughs> but, I, but I love that. I love that because I kind of go into teacher mode sometimes when I do these and I, it's just sure. who I am, right? It's just right. Who we are as people, and we may be doing something differently now, but it's still a part of us. So it's nice to yeah. use those skills that we used in the past and continue to use them in these new ventures that we have. Oh, yeah, for sure. and and I'm getting to speak with all of these really interesting people. I mean, that's like the most fun part, you know, and just getting to ask them the questions that I'm thinking in my head, like things I've always, you know, if it's somebody I've been following on Instagram for a while, I'm getting to finally ask these questions. So it's, you know, I fully admit it is 100% selfish. <laughs> and I am getting friendships too. Yeah, definitely getting to meet new people and just connect a little bit, you know, deeper with people than maybe the surface of social media. Right. It's not just an Instagram post that you're responding to. You're actually getting to know someone exactly. on a more real level. I mean, it, it's great. I mean, we've all been able to connect and form a friendship and I think it's awesome. And this was a lot of fun. And yes, thank you more. so much for having me on. Hopefully we do more things together. Yes, absolutely. Um, we'll have to plan that out. <laughs> Nally, this is officially our longest podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. That, because I people tell us really they like thing. it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I, I hope think that's a great I hope thing. it's useful. I hope there's something. And, um, you know, I, I also, um, 
just wanted to clarify. She probably should have said at the beginning, uh, you know, I'm not an eBay guru. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think anybody is, or you should be scared of people who, who are self-proclaimed gurus in general. Um, mm -hmm. I only know what I know and what works and what has worked for my business. If I've said anything that you know to be uh, wrong, <laughs> that you know with, with certainty, um, I apologize. <laughs> no but, need to you know, apologize, no. Denali. We are just so happy you shared your story. I mean, that's what we oh, wanted. Well, we, thank you we for really didn't. To. No, I really appreciate it. And, you know, we don't. I, I don't know. We could we could have somebody else here next week who also sells on eBay and they may have a different perspective. You know, I'm sure yes, that they would. Definitely. But like I I loved your I love your contribution to the community and I think you're somebody that people trust and look to for information. So we really appreciate that you shared that with us today. Yeah, thank you. And there's no wrong way to resell, right? Everybody does things differently and that's the good part, right? It's your business, you get to run it how you want. That's yeah. right. That's right. Well, my goodness, thank you. This has been so much fun, Denali. And um, I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Yes. yes. Definitely taught us some new stuff today too about eBay. And maybe Lori and I will start to venture into eBay a little bit more. <laughs> I hope so. After this yeah. conversation. <laughs> yeah. I, I will so. let you know. I will keep you posted. But no, <laughs> it is, good. It is, it's in the books. All right. Thank you so much, Denali. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, hon. Take care.